Hey, 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 my Courageous Beauties. Welcome back to another episode of Courageous Beauty Podcast. This is your host, Crystal. And I say to you, spring forth. I'm going to jump right in. Isaiah 42 and 9. Behold, the former things are come to pass. And new things do I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. Isaiah 43 and 19. And the King James says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Isaiah 43, 19 in the Amplified says, Listen carefully. I am about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be able to, will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. You know, The earth operates within the realm of seasons. And when we follow and track the seasons, because it gives us revelation of the times we are in, we think about leaves that fall on the ground when it's cold, right? And the leaves have fallen, the ground is cold and hard. We call it fall, then winter. Everything that once bloomed has now fallen away. And is now laying dormant for a time. But even though it appears to be buried under the leafy rubbish, cold, wet grass, mud, and sometimes snow, it's really the roots are being nourished by once that were once bloomed, right? It's being nourished by everything that was once bloomed, but now has fallen. The leaves, the fruit, even the twigs. It takes time for a plant or a tree to bloom because the roots need time to grow deep. And if the budding was exposed to the elements, it would die if it was exposed too soon, right? So everything that has appeared to have fallen by the wayside in the wintertime is really fuel to a fixed harvest that is coming in the springtime. Even our time springs forth. So I say, man and woman of God, spring forth. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Your winter, your seemingly buried life is over. In fact, you were not buried. You were planted for a season for such a time as this. You were being nourished by everything that seemed like it didn't work out. Every cold eye, every cold shoulder. God was allowing your roots in him to grow. Growing your character so that in him you could spring forth, that you can be all new in Christ. Therefore, God says he is doing a new thing. But in order to accept the new season, you must first shed the old. You can't put new wine in an old wineskin because it would burst. Because what God is doing in you is a new thing and the old no longer fits you. No longer is made to hold what you once knew, what you once believed. Who you are now, what you experience is fuel for your springtime. So spring forth. Exodus 17 and 6 says, Behold, I will stand there before you by the rock of, of, of Horeb. And when you strike the rock, water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders. The thing is, sometimes it takes for us to strike the rock of our trials and tribulations as appearing as obstacles in our way to access the living waters that are on the inside of us in the mighty name of Jesus. 
all the while when we felt like we were buried under cold hard circumstances the rain began and the ground began to soften again and now our budding breaks through god reveals new ideals from our suffering our peace is less and less snatched we are less distracted because we know we have a purpose to fulfill a call to answer a duty to pursue so spring forth a new Refresh in following in the love of Christ. Spring forth brand new and allow the light of this season to penetrate your frustrations. And bloom, baby, bloom. Spring forth as rivers of living water pour out of you and allow yourself to step into your newness. All your and your faith to sprout like a fresh leaf on a tree that has just seen the sunshine and belongs there. You belong here. God woke you up this morning, no longer buried by missed chances and broken opportunities. God has planted you in this season to be fruitful and not allow what was to come to be fruitful, to, to spring forth. How what, what, came, what came before can no longer interrupt you springing forth. Every even even time itself has to obey God. The night appears longer in this season as we have stepped into daylight savings time. What that means to me is that it is it is allowing the sun to take its time to show up so that it seemingly appears our days are lighter and longer. Even though we don't have more time, we have more light and it seems like more can be done when he, when his light is shining over our situations to show us that even when it's dark, he is yet working, but the light cometh soon, Right. A plant goes through many stages from having to be planted in the right soil at the right time to, be, to being covered by the soil and getting nourished so its roots can take hold as to create a strong foundation for the plant to grow. And I believe just as how a builder has to dig deep for as deep as he has to dig for a tall building will in order to keep it stable is how deep the plant's roots must have to grow. And so that it will, the longer it takes the roots to grow deep into the soil, the taller and stronger the plant will be. It is with us. God allows us to be planted so, so deep in situations that we can speak to others about their roots and how to grow, how to allow God to cultivate us as his children, his sheep, how to really stand on his word so we won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, right? We won't have itching ears hoping to hear what one person says and what another person says, but we will be listening for God's word. We must be like what Psalm says in first chapter in the first chapter. Psalms one, one through six. I'm gonna read the whole thing and I'm gonna refer back individually to these scriptures. This is the King James. Now, the key verse is verse three, but it says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seateth, sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree. This is verse three. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Number four and five is what we don't want to be like. <clears throat> the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish.
So the key to being planted is taking time to get in God's word and allowing ourselves to be planted and grow roots in Jesus as he is the word. In fact, the word of God is our weaponry to fight not only the enemy, but also our own inner thoughts that would cause us to go back to the buried place when really we were planted. It was just supposed to be temporary, right? But God's word allows us to change our perspective on what we think about us and others, which is why we do have to be mindful also in this season on company we keep, as that's why Psalm 1 and 1 is important. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. We must protect our walk. We must protect our mind. We must protect our spirit and our hearts in this season so that we are not condemned or overtaken by the cares of this world or other people's thoughts or people who have lack of faith, right? So there's going to be a situation we're going to talk about where a frustration of people and the things can filtrate you, can make you make a bad decision and miss out on your blessing. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But in order to take root in that, we must take hold of Psalm 1 and 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So in other words, if you're meditating in God's word day and night, you don't really have time to be sitting in crowds or listening to people whose faith is not where it should be in this season. You don't have time to be worried about what's going on in every single situation. Your focus needs to be sharp. Your focus needs to to be penetrated in the word of God so that he can he can steer you in the right direction and so that you will continue to spring forth in God, right? What you feed the most will grow the most in your spirit, right? What you eat the most will grow the most. So if you're eating the word the most, that is what's going to take root the most. That's why you should delight in the law of, of God, of the Lord. You should delight in it and you should meditate. You should be happy to read the word of God on a daily basis. Sometimes all day, if that's what it takes to get through these situations that you may have faced, right? And so that you can be ready to fight the enemy when he tries to bring all these lies in your spirit and in your mind. And so you can also uplift your brother or your sister when the time comes, right? And verse three says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. See, fruit has a time and a season for it to come forth, right? Which is the reason why it appeared at some point in your life you were buried, but you were really just planted so your roots can get the nourishment. And it was really just, it was just really just building your care. Character. So we can't despise small beginnings when it looks like things ain't working right. When it looks like things don't seem to be moving in the right direction. God is yet still working in the background. God already knows your end before your beginning. So don't despise not being where you think you should be. God is not going to always answer our prayers the way we think he should answer them. He will answer them, but it's not going to necessarily look like what we would think it would look like because he's saying that he wants it to be that we believe in him and have faith that he did it, not faith in man or not faith just what we say all the time you understand what I'm saying even though God will give us the desires of our heart we have to be careful to not look at God like a puppeteer or look at God like a puppet where we can we can string string him along no it does not work that way we have to be planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he do shall prosper so in other words if you stick with God you're gonna prosper baby in this season, this is how you spring forth. And so we are not 
like what Psalm, we, we should not be like what Psalms 1, um, 4 and 5 says, the ungodly are not so. We should not be the ungodly because they are like the chaff, which the wind blow with the wind driveth away. The part that is no longer use useful, right? And also it says, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment or sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Right. So in other words, we don't we we don't want to be outcasts to the point where we are not being righteous and standing where righteous judgment is. We need to make sure that we can spring forth in this season. So in order to spring forth, we cannot be afraid to listen to specific instructions on what's going to take what, on what it's going to take to break up the fallow ground in our lives. And see, the thing is, God knew that the children of Israel had need of water while in the wilderness and wanted to show them a symbol of Jesus as our Savior who provides our salvation and out of him living waters would flow, right? So in Exodus 17, when Moses did strike the rock so water would flow, this was a symbol, a symbolism as in Jesus Christ being stricken or dying for our sins as the chief cornerstone and rock of our salvation. Jesus was imprinted into our minds, but in, 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 as in he would only need to be stricken once. Right. But in Numbers 20, Moses, in his frustration of the people, was disobedient to God. He struck the rock twice instead of speaking to it. See, he was only supposed to strike it once in, in Exodus 17 to set the precedent that I'm going to strike this rock. This is symbolic of Jesus being stricken for us and out of him will flow rivers of living water. And so the children of Israel got the water. They did. They were able to feed themselves and their livestock. But Moses allowed the frustration of the people to get him in disobedience with God. And so in Numbers 20, Moses, in his frustration of the people, struck the rock twice. Right. Instead of speaking to it, he was literally only supposed to speak to the rock the second time. Right. So God rebuked Moses because if it was left uncorrected, it would have confused us that Christ Jesus had to be repeated, had to be stricken repeatedly for our sins instead of just once for the remission of our sins and our salvation. So it can all boil down to striking of a rock versus just speaking to it in obedience to God, which will make all the difference in following specific instructions in this season in our lives in order for the water to spring forth. Now, because God is a loving father, I will tell you this, the children of Israel still got water both times, but Moses got corrected for not following instructions and ended up not allowed in the land that flowed with milk and honey. Now, God being merciful still showed him the land, but Moses died. He did not get to carry over. So in other words, we, in other words, obedience to God is vital into being able to spring forth this season so we don't miss out what God has in store for us. And I did share with you um, the, the scriptures here. If you look at the at the um, the writing of this, if you go to WordPress, you'll be able to see the blog. Exodus 17 and 6. Behold, I will stand before you there and, and rock there on the rock at Horeb. And you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that people that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Right. So that was the first time. Now, the second time it says Numbers twenty eleven. Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff so that the great amount of water gushed out and the congregation and their livestock were able to drink. So in other words, both times God still 
fulfilled the promise. But the problem is the first time was in obedience and the second time was in disobedience. So keep that in mind. Just because you may get the same result of what you think God has promised you doesn't mean you're not operating in disobedience, you know, at some point. So you have to be careful to literally to, you know, recall the instructions that God is saying. He told him to speak to the rock the second time, right? Because it wasn't necessary for Jesus to be stricken again, right? Because it was already a precedent that he was our chief cornerstone and that rivers of living water will flow out of him as from, from our salvation, right? So just keep that in mind. Now I'm going to refer back to what I call the Genesis or the beginning of this text that we read, which was Isaiah 43 and 19 in the King James. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? God is saying the thing that I'm going to do is going to spring forth. You're going to know that it's me doing it. And the reason why you're going to know it's me doing it is because he says, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And the Amplifier says, listen carefully. I am about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. You will not be, you will not be aware of it. That's a question. He's saying, yo, you're not going to be aware of it because listen, your situation is going to seem so dire. It's going to seem like there's no way, but I'm going to even put a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The new thing that God is doing is not new to him. It's only new to us. God already foreknew because he is God and doesn't operate in time, but eternity. What our end, he knew our end was going to look like before our beginning. We are just in a time and a season that he can finally reveal to us what he is going to do, what he's doing and has been doing. We have been planted long enough. And we have set and meditated in his word long enough that he can do a new thing in us and spring forth. The children of Israel lacked faith. And even though God pulled them out of slavery and blessed them to escape bondage, they still had to get out of the mindset of slavery. Right. They still had to get it out of their minds. And Deuteronomy 8 and 15 says he led you through the vast and terrifying wilderness with his venomous snakes and scorpions, a thirsty and waterless land. He brought you water from the rock of Flint. The fact that Jesus is that very rock that showed up in the wilderness for the children of Israel and is now showing up in our lives is now a new thing. It's, it's not a new thing. Because Jesus was blessed, he blessed us with the comforter, which is Holy Spirit, that we no longer have to strike rocks with staves, but we can strike the rock, rocks of our lives with the very word of God so that we would know that weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down strongholds and allowing us to see a quick work when we speak his word and allowing us to spring forth out of the diverse situations and catapulting us to our destiny. Spring is around the corner for the earth, but we can spring forth in righteousness right now. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. So I say spring forth. I really hope this gives you some solace today and letting you see what what God has for us, right? And and you know, it's all about trusting in him, it's all about obedience, it's all about understanding that you know God has our has our times in his very hand, right? And you know, it, it may feel like 
At some points, we have to strike the, the rock of our trials and our tribulations in order to access the living water. But really, the, the real living water is in Christ Jesus, right? He gives us the ability to now speak to our situations, right? We can call those things so they be as though they're not. As long as we're walking in obedience, as long as we're delighting in his word and meditating in his word day and night, as long as we're trusting in him and we're leaning not to our own understanding, but we acknowledge him in all our ways and he will direct our path. The key is obedience. The key is listening to sound instruction and not being afraid to just trust God because all situations may not happen overnight. The night may seem like it's been years. But trust and believe that joy will come. Trust and believe that you will spring forth out of the old, but you have to let the old go. You can't hold on to the old things that people has done to you and still move forward in your new. That You can't bring that with you. You have to forgive. You have to move on. And you have to accept the newness that God has bringing forth in your life. So I thank you so much. This really, really impacted myself and my husband this week as we were studying this word and going over it and and just really learning to trust God. I mean, we, we, we can speak the word, but you really have to apply it to your life. You really have to chew on it. You really have to really sit with it and make sure that you are not just saying it because you know it. You need to live it. That's the difference, right? And that may seem hard, but it's doable because Jesus overcame the world, right? So we can too. So I thank you for tuning in today, listening to this episode of Courageous Beauty Podcast. I encourage you to spring forth in the mighty name of Jesus. And until next time, I love you and you guys have a good day. Bye.